What's up, friends? We are continuing the scale series today. I'm so excited for this conversation to continue because I believe it is such an important conversation to have. So many of us get hung up and derailed, distracted by that number on the scale. And, you know, I had a friend ask me the other day, she said, Jess, how did you let go of your attachment to that number? Like, how do you get on the scale and just see it as an objective measurement? And, you know, I have to say I have a bit of an advantage here because what I do for a living allows me to weigh people often and regularly. And after weighing people for, it's been almost 14 years now, after doing that, I'm able to see just how dynamic that number is. So where y'all are weighing, you know, once a week or once every six months, I can see how that number would still possess a lot of power. But being on this side of it where I see weights all the time, I've been desensitized. And so what I want to do for y'all today is share three truths that I have come to see and discover about the scale from both my own personal experience, but also through observation of different weights and trends and patterns in the people that I've been working with. And my hope is that it gives you guys the permission to rewrite the story you are telling yourself about that number that you see. The reality is we have a story we tell ourselves about the number and there really is no good or bad. There's only our perception. And the beauty in that is that there's so much power in our perception and we have the ability to change it. Friends, just because your mind tells you something awful about the number on the scale does not mean you have to agree with it. Just because other people say your number should be somewhere or that your body's broken or something's wrong with it, it doesn't mean it's true. We get to decide the story we tell ourselves about our body, about the number that we see, or if we even tell one at all. I'm so excited to help you shift your perception of that number on the scale today because I know It's going to empower you to make healthier choices. I mean, nobody has hated their body into being healthy. Instead, we have to meet ourselves where we're at, do the best we can day in and day out, and rewrite deep within our psyche a story that is empowering and resilient and one that moves us towards a healthier, better version of ourselves every single day. Hey, awesome. Yeah, I'm talking to you. I know you're ready to stop falling into diet culture traps and finally put together a realistic plan on how to boost your energy. You might feel stuck because you can't quite kick the chocolate habit. The whole body love thing isn't getting the job done. Or maybe you're at an impasse because you are pushing it in the gym, but you can't figure out how and what to eat. How many times have you Googled best diet and found that the latest trend has failed you? Hey girl, I'm Jess registered dietitian, wife, mama, and total science and nutrition research junkie. I too used to be stuck in the cycle of insecurity and never feeling like my body was good enough. Then I tried to fix it with food only to end up right back where I started. I did some really hard work. I found food freedom, but then I was confused on how to eat healthy and get fit without falling back into diet culture crazy. I wish someone would have taught me the difference between discipline and obsession. I wanted to be the healthiest version of myself by balancing healthy eating with food freedom. Like how do I actually eat healthy, get fit, and have donuts with my kids? It wasn't until I figured out this awesome balance between discipline and permission, the art of intentional eating with sprinkles of flexibility. The empowered eating model was born. Here on the show, we nix diet culture while creating values-based health goals. We reconnect with how our body responds to food through biofeedback, all the while figuring out a plan on how to get healthy and fit without sacrificing the most meaningful parts of life. Sustainability doesn't mean never eating your favorite food again. 
I mean, pizza is life, right? <laughs> we are here to finally not just feel comfortable, but confident in our body. I am so excited to fuel your awesome with empowered eating. Head on over to JessBrownRD.com and grab my three steps to empowered eating guide totally free or hop onto my e-course food foundations to get the step-by-step -step deets on how I got here. All right, you ready to take your inner awesome to the next level? So grab that cup of coffee, lace up those running shoes, cause girl, it's time to go. Okay, before I dive into these three truths, I just want to let y'all know that this is not a flip of a switch. We're going to dissect some different ways to perceive that number, but I have to start by acknowledging that the reality is you have likely been telling yourself a story about your number for a very long time. And oftentimes the story is not a pleasant one, but we get this. But I think it's important to acknowledge it is a story and it is one that has been on repeat for however many years, because that'll give us some grace that we can extend to ourselves and understand that it will take time and energy and effort to rewrite that story. So for example, um, like every client I'm working with right now has this magic number that they're attached to. And what's really interesting is every single time I ask my clients, you know, what is it about that number? They don't have a direct answer. And what's much more likely is they have this story they've told themselves that life was better at that specific number. But when we actually break it down, there's a lot of holes in it. There's a lot of missing pieces to that story. And so all that to say, friends, when we're talking through these three truths and I'm introducing some new ideas to you, I just want to allow you to take a minute to go, okay, whew, this might be hard for me to swallow and wrap my head around because for the last 10, 20, 30, sometimes 40 years, I have been telling myself this number is bad or the current weight I'm at is bad or I'm supposed to be at this weight. So that is going to take some time to unpack and rewrite. But here's the thing. I know it can be done. I know you're up for the challenge because you're here, you're learning, you're growing, which tells me you don't take the easy way out. So before diving in, I want to invite you to consider what you say about your weight and what your brain tells you is appropriate may not be the only option out there, okay? Can you hang with me till the end with that in mind? All right, so let's dive into three truths about the scale when it comes to your health and fitness goals. So the first one is that we need to recognize that we attach labels to numbers and we may, let me rephrase that, we falsely attach labels to numbers. We say things to ourselves like, I was happiest at X weight or I loved my body at X week. When I was in this size, it was the, when I was the healthiest I had ever been. And we, we concoct these stories and attachments around certain weights. But I am less interested in what weight metric was happening at the time you were happier or more satisfied in your body and genuinely more interested in what you were doing at that time. Most every single client I work with comes to me with a specific number in mind and you know, I, I tread around this very lightly because, again, we've been telling ourselves a story about this number that we're trying to attain for such a long time that I know it's a delicate conversation. But eventually we come to this place where I start to inquire, like, why this number? And we, we dive in deeper. And the more we dive in and answer questions like, what were you doing at that time in your life? You know, what was your job situation? How much free time did you have? How much sleep were you getting? How were you caring for your body? What kind of movement were you doing? How were your social 
activities? What kind of relationships were you in? Like all of these questions allow clients to open up their mind and see that there was a lot more going on. And oftentimes when we have an association with a number, it's not the number that was responsible for our happiness. It was all these other things. It was the fact that I had time to take care of my body. It was the fact that I was accomplishing a goal. Maybe I was getting more sleep at that time because I didn't have kids or maybe I had a different job. Maybe I was plugged into a different social circle. And these questions are wonderful because what it does is it opens up doorways for us to start to go down that are less attached to a number. So for example, I'm working with a wonderful young lady right now who is very attached to the number. I'm not going to, I don't want to say any numbers on this podcast because I just think even hearing numbers is triggering because then we like compare ourselves. We're like, oh, well, I'm, you know, if I said 140, those of you who are under 140 would go, oh, well, at least I'm not 140. And then those who are over it would be like, gosh, it'd be any, give anything to be 140. So <laughs> even the numbers themselves are triggering. So I'm just going to use X for all the numbers going forward. So I'm working with this woman. She is obsessed with being at X weight. And once we started diving into why that weight was such a marker of success, what she identified was It felt successful because she was at a time in her life where she was exercising with another group of women. So she really enjoyed the movement she was doing. She was plugged into a community. And at the same time, she was also, she was really intentional with her eating because she was working towards specific triathlon goals. And so the number, when we broke it down, was less important. And where she actually felt happiness and joy and peace in her body was the fact that it was accomplishing something pretty amazing. Like, whoa, freaking triathlon. Like, that's just so incredible. Sidebar, I totally did one of those and I almost drowned in the pool. It was awful. So all of you triathletes out there, you're my heroes. <laughs> that's just incredible work. So she was doing something very productive with her body and at the same time, you know, with a group of women that were empowering and uplifting to her. Now we had to look at where she is now. She's not doing those things. She's no longer plugged into a group of women where she works out socially. She's not working towards any athletic goals. And part of her misses that. So we had to readjust her goal. And we, we took the, the X number out and started saying, okay, how can we move back towards some of these, you know, triathlete-like goals? Now, that being said, I have to acknowledge something that not everybody likes to hear. I think it's really important to acknowledge the reality here. Oftentimes, we are missing a season of life when we're in a more stressful season of life. So this woman in particular has four children, lots on her plate. She is a stay-at-home mom. Husband works a lot. So she, you know, she doesn't have the free time that she used to have when she was in her early 20s chasing triathletes, working out with other groups of moms. So we have to be realistic when we're setting the goals that we're setting, making sure that it fits our season of life and giving ourselves the grace, giving ourselves the compassion and, you know, acknowledging that things are different as we go through seasons of life. And all we can do as humans is embrace the season that we're in, learn from the past but continue to grow in the future. So with her, yes, she wishes she could get back to some of that. The reality is it's just not feasible right now. So we did a better job setting goals within her new season, but we learned, okay, it's important for her to be in a community of other women that lift her up and empower her. She doesn't have the time to train for a triathlon right now. So maybe that's in the future. Maybe she'll look for those opportunities. But in the meantime, we are going to work on finding her a community to start working out with. Friends, this is so much more powerful, deeper, sustainable, joyful work than just sitting with her going, okay, how can I get you down to that number? Because here's the thing. 
if she gets plugged into a group of women where she's enjoying working out, here's the ripple, the snowball effect, right? She's going to start taking better care of her body. When her season shifts, because it will, it always does, and she has more time, she's going to be the most awesome triathlete in her age division because she's going to be so excited and grateful that she's got the time and opportunity to be there. It's going to be incredible. And then her weight may return to the number she's been chasing, but the goal is to be so plugged in and happy in her current life that it doesn't matter as much. When we look at these numbers and you find you have an attachment to a certain one, I want to invite you to consider all the things around it. And instead of setting a goal to hit that number, set goals around what you were doing around that number. And you're going to watch how this is a much more enjoyable journey. Okay, that is number one on my little list of truths that we're talking about today is recognize that we falsely attach labels to numbers. Number two Understanding that that weight fluctuates daily, often, and a whole heck of a lot. And I'm talking anywhere between 5 to 10 pounds in a day. I have to tell you guys, I did this incredible experiment like my second year as a dietitian. And it's something that I continue to share with people because it was so powerful. I decided I was going to weigh myself multiple times throughout the day and document that weight fluctuation. So in other words, I didn't document Like the actual weight, I documented how far it moved from my morning weight. So morning was zero because there's no fluctuation. And then um, if it went up or down, I'd document that along with all the different things going on in the day, whether it was a different scale, all the things. I ended up taking about 15 measurements and it fluctuated a total of seven pounds throughout the day, up and down, up and down. And I'm 5'4", so 7 pounds on my frame is quite a bit, you can imagine. (laughs) It's quite a bit to see fluctuate, but it was pretty profound. So I woke up in the morning, zero change there, obviously. That's the first data point. I had water and breakfast and lots and lots of coffee because that's what I do in the morning. (laughs) And it went up about 2.5 pounds. And I went to the restroom a few times and it dropped down about a pound. And then I went to work and there was a scale at work. So I weighed on that scale and it was up four pounds. And then I ate lunch and that that scale at work was up five pounds from the morning. Then I went across to, we had a medical building at the facility I was working at at that time. I weighed on another scale and I was actually lower than what I had weighed in the morning. (laughs) And then I went to lunch. You know, the story just goes on and on. But if you look at this graph over the entire day, the fluctuations are all over the place. And that's just one day. That's just a single day impacted by my fluid status, whether or not I went to the bathroom, what scale I was weighing on, how much clothing I had on. Like there was a lot playing into that. Can you imagine if I was attached to that number, how stressful that would have been? Now, I know most of us can say and logically think like, oh, yes, there's fluctuations. But I mean, you would be amazed how many times I weigh women when I work with them and they're, they see that number on the scale and we logically tell ourselves, oh, this is a different scale. It's probably going to be different than what I saw this morning at home, but we still get stressed out when it's higher. So I thought it was cool to see it big picture over the course of a day. And it's reassuring, I think, for other people to see how much it fluctuates. And that was just me, just one day. Beyond that, we see weight fluctuate dramatically day to day. So things like the barometric pressure outside. So if it's raining, friends, y'all are going to weigh more. Just know that. (laughs) Your sodium intake the day prior will impact your water retention the following day. The time of month. 
Cyclically, we gain weight or we hold more water and fluid the week before our period. And then also how much you ate. Like if you had a day where you ate more or a higher quantity of food than you normally do, it doesn't necessarily mean that you put on fat, but you have more mass in your intestines. Like your body is working on digesting a higher quantity of food and therefore you have more of that mass turning around in your intestines. It doesn't necessarily equate to weight gain. So for those of you that are I have no other word but control freaks. And I, I mean that with all the love in my heart, friends, because I am a major control freak. <laughs> but when we have that characteristic and that tendency, we tend to hate seeing this fluctuation on the scale. And, you know, I don't have good news for you other than we just have to like radically accept it. It is what it is. <laughs> but to try to control this number so rigidly is setting us up to drive us crazy because it's impossible. There's so much at play here. Instead, if we're going to be looking at this number as a metric, not the metric, but a metric, we need to do it fairly. And this is why in Food Foundations, we look at all of the other things going on outside of the body, all the various biofeedback options, and we track that as well because we need to look at the other factors at play in order to release some of this control and this this tension and rigidity we feel around the scale. Okay, so that's number two. Girl, it fluctuates daily, often, a lot. Sorry if you don't like that, but it is fact. It is truth. And the sooner you can wrap your head around it, you're going to save yourself a lot of ease and a lot of frustration. And the final truth we are chatting about today is that weight, that number that you see, that number that causes you so much stress, friends, it is a piece and a very small piece of that of your biofeedback. This number should not in any way outweigh the other pearls of healthy eating and exercise. Friends, we touched on this a bit in the last episode, but when we're looking at making healthier changes, we're looking at increasing our intentionality around food. We're looking at making our body healthier, stronger. Maybe we're trying to work backwards from some disease progression that's happened, like prediabetes or high blood pressure. Whatever it is you're working on, you cannot go wrong by looking at the other markers of biofeedback like better sleep, which we know lowers cortisol and decreases overall systemic inflammation, better bowel movements, which shows we have a healthier microbiome, and that microbiome, which is the gut bacteria lighting your intestines. Friends, it is responsible for producing 90% of the serotonin in your body. That is your happy hormone. So if we have a happy gut, In a happy gut microbiome, we have more serotonin going to our brain, which means we're happier and happier people are healthier. (laughs) There's a reduced brain fog that comes with more intentional eating. And most of all, the confidence level. I have so many clients that start taking the time and energy and investing it in themselves. And the resounding result is increased energy available to continue their health journey. That is so powerful. And what I hate more than anything is when I see that murdered by a number that they did not expect to see on the scale. When you start implementing all of these changes to your diet and your exercise, the weight is such a small piece of the equation because so much is happening behind the scenes. And what I mean by that is like if you start weightlifting and eating a lot of protein, you're going to carry more lean body mass. So you may not see the scale drop as much but you are getting stronger. And that's going to take time for your body to go through those phases of like growing muscle, leaning out, and then gaining more muscle, and then leaning out again. It's a process and a cycle that 
takes time, which unfortunately we don't always love to hear. We want it now. But if you can have patience with the process, it is worth it and you're going to be much better for it. We are going to dive more into this at the next episode, but just to give you a little teaser, for example, if you weigh like, okay, I'm going to use a number, but if you weigh 160 pounds without eating quality protein, without weightlifting, without exercising, and then you weigh that same weight, now you're doing all these things, that 160 is going to look and be very different inside your body than it was when you were doing the previous things. Again, this is why having the scale being the only and primary biofeedback marker is really setting you up for failure because it's not capturing the weightlifting, the muscle growth that is going on. This is what we really break down in food foundations where if you're going to weigh, we have to weigh fairly and we have to look at overall body composition and all the other things happening around your body. So this is one of my favorite spreadsheets to fill out with clients if they decide to weigh. That's a big if because I also think you can do all of these things without ever even seeing that number. (laughs) But if you do decide to weigh, I love filling out the numbers spreadsheet where we have like their actual weight and then breaking down their body fat percentage into lean body mass tissue and fat mass tissue because, again, that's going to give the whole picture of body composition. But, ooh, I'm getting ahead of myself. We're going to talk about that here in a couple weeks. I've got two more episodes for you guys. Next week we're going to be talking about – Moving past that perfect number on the scale, the truth about your ideal body weight. And then the last episode, I told you I'm saving the best for last, but that's because I'm a number nerd jerky. Jerky. (laughs) I want to eat some beef jerky, I guess. (laughs) I don't know what I was trying to say. Like nerdy, uh, number nerdy, whatever. (laughs) Anyways, we're going to be talking about can you get healthy if that number never changes an inside peek at body recomposition. So excited to continue this conversation with you, friends. As for today, my invitation for you is to decide to rewrite this story. If you have been telling yourself something awful about your weight every time you get on that scale, I want you to know that there is no good or bad with that number. There's only your perception and you hold the power to rewrite that story. Just because you've told yourself this same negative thing about that number for a very long time does not mean you have to continue to believe it. And you have the power today to rewrite it. I love being here with you today. And I'm so grateful for this time. Thanks for tuning in, friends. If you liked today's episode, please head on over to iTunes. Leave me a review. I would be so, so grateful. Friends, have a blessed day. If you get on that scale and it tells you something that you don't want to hear, I just want you to look down at it and say, not today, Satan. Keep up the hard work. You're doing amazing things with your bodies. You are superwoman. Cheers and happy eating. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope it strengthened your food journey and empowered you to live boldly in your body. Real quick, sister, before you go, if you liked today's episode, the best way you can thank me is head on over to iTunes, Fuel Her Awesome Podcast, leave a review, and subscribe. Then take a screenshot and share it on your social media. Don't forget to tag me at JessBrownRD. And if you're looking for more resources, be sure to check out my website, JessBrownRD.com. I've got info on my e-course, Fuel Her Awesome Food Foundation, my 10-step ebook on how to beat body bullying, and so much more. I cannot wait to chat with you babes again. Until next time, cheers and happy eating.